Hello, this is Brian Auten of Apologetics 315, and we are reading The Gospel in the Marketplace of Ideas, Paul's Mars Hill Experience for Our Pluralistic World by Paul Copan and Kenneth D. Litwock. Well, thanks for joining me for this interview today, Paul. Good to be with you. Thanks so much, Brian. Paul, our listeners today are going to be joining us on a read-along and study through your most recent book, co-authored with Kenneth D. Litwock, The Gospel in the Marketplace of Ideas, Paul's Mars Hill Experience for Our Pluralistic World. Before we get into the book, would you tell our listeners just a bit about yourself and your co-author? Sure. Uh, I'm Paul Copan. I teach at Palm Beach Atlantic University. I'm the Pledger Family Chair of Philosophy and Ethics there, and I've been there about 10 years, and I'm happily married and have uh, six children, and we live here in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, Ken uh, Litwock, he's a New Testament scholar uh, who studied at the University of Bristol in England, and he is a a professor of New Testament studies at Azusa Pacific University, Uh, and so he is one who, uh, you know, connected with me, and we were able to talk about some commonality in terms of apologetics in the book of Acts, which is his area of specialty. And so uh, we uh, came up with this uh, book idea, of, uh, of, of, uh, which we're going to be talking about shortly. Excellent. Well, I guess the first question is this. What is this book about? Well, the book has to deal with Paul's Athens or Areopagus or Mars Hill speech uh, in Acts 17. Uh, And it is a speech that is not very readily understood and has not received a lot of attention in the literature, as the uh, scholar N.T. Wright has noted, that it's often ignored in giving to us a robust understanding of the Apostle Paul and his ministry strategy. And we just see a lot of value here in looking again at Paul's speech, uh, digging it up out of the recesses, looking at some misunderstandings about Paul's speech, and trying to put it into a proper context of what Paul is actually trying to do in reaching a Gentile audience, but also seeing that this is relevant in terms of how we ourselves can communicate the good news of Jesus Christ in a pluralistic society. Paul is himself going into the marketplace. Uh, He is speaking uh, in a a society where there are idols everywhere, where there are philosophical views that are being bandied about. And so Paul is strikes us as a very strong role model for communicating the good news in this kind of a pluralistic culture. Well, I see it as useful for, for missionaries, for pastors, for people that are teaching, for apologists, for Christians, basically, in reaching others. How would you describe the overall purpose for writing the book? Would it be that uh, practical element and just gaining a greater understanding uh, so that we can apply these ideas to evangelism, apologetics, that sort of thing? Absolutely. Uh, It helps us to look at the first century setting, the Mediterranean world in which Paul lived, Uh, It's very useful for us to know the strategy that Paul was using. Paul was very well-versed in the rhetorical strategies of the uh, ancient world. He uses them in his letters, and Paul is using them in his speech. 
And so it is helpful for us to know, well, what, how is Paul approaching his audience? What sorts of uh, literary, uh, verbal sorts of strategies is he using? Uh, not in terms of some sort of way to entrap people or to uh, lure them away from uh, right thinking, but rather he is employing uh, means that were recognized uh, by the ancient world, and so he is—he he, was—he is utilizing them to connect people to the gospel, and so so we ought to take our cues from someone like Paul, who uh, who who is doing this very thing, and so to understand rhetoric, to understand the significance of Athens, to understand the very nature of speeches in the ancient world, to understand the uh, you know the what the Areopagus itself was, uh, all of these things are important for better understanding Paul's message to the Athenians and thus better understanding how we can communicate the gospel in a similarly pluralistic setting. So that's that's the the upshot of what we're trying to uh, to, to do. I mean, of course, the uh, you know the book uh, you know, in the it's called the Gospel in the Marketplace of Ideas, and that is exa exactly where Paul is going. He is in the marketplace in Athens, in the Agora, and so uh, we see a mixture of views, just like we have today. Uh, we see people who are scoffing, just like we 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 get today. Uh, we see that there are so many parallels to our own world that I think it's useful to do a bit more digging to unpack that so that we will be better uh, at defending the gospel and also proclaiming it in our own pluralistic society. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Paul will be reading through the book one chapter a week, which is a nice doable pace that most everyone should be able to handle, even if they already have their own reading. And we'll offer a brief synopsis of each chapter, quick introduction by you for each chapter and some study questions each week on the blog and I'd also like to remind our readers that the book itself has some very useful discussion questions at the back of the book for each chapter and I think those will be helpful for group interaction. Uh, Paul, what do you think uh, the readers should look forward to gaining from doing more of a thorough chapter-by-chapter -chapter study of the book? Well the book will certainly equip people who are interested in the very context that Paul is speaking in. Uh, it will help them better understand the Mediterranean context in which Paul is speaking. Uh, it will uh, help them to understand the tools that Paul is using that are also relevant and available for us today. Uh, that we can make, we can draw a lot of parallels to, for example, the altar to the unknown God. What you know, Paul uses that as a bridge. <clears throat> Excuse me. Paul is also uh, quoting pagan thinkers. Well, how does that apply to our own day to day? In what ways can we appropriately apply things that are not found in scripture, uh, but that lead to building bridges with an audience that does not have familiarity with the scriptures. Uh, we will see the great resources that are available for the Christian to defend and also proclaim the gospel. Uh, there are, uh, you know, we'll also see that there are, uh, just if you're interested in knowing more about the scriptures, it's, it's in some ways kind of an exposition of Acts 17 of this speech in, in, that Paul is giving to the Athenians. So from a historical point of view, we learn about the Stoics, the Epicureans, the you know, people who are involved in Platonism, uh, which is a view that shaped the Mediterranean world at that time. Uh, we see the value of the 
uh, of understanding uh, you know Paul's Paul's speeches in the context of the book of Acts. How does Paul's speech in Athens differ from uh, say his speech to the Jews in Acts 13 or Peter's speech to the Jews in uh, in uh, Acts chapter two at Pentecost. So we try to look at these things in you know from a theological, biblical, historical uh, point of view, but also looking philosophically and apologetically uh, at some of these uh, themes, so that we again will be better communicators and defenders of the gospel in the marketplace of our, our of ideas in our own Athens today. Thanks, Paul, and thank you for listening. I hope you will read along with Apologetics 315.